Hi, family, and welcome back to Practical Alchemy. Natalie, your host here. I am so, so honored to have today's guest, founder of Wild Lily Organics, Liliana Quintero. She is the founder of Wild Lily Organics, which is a conscious, organic, and sustainable personal care brand offering sacred beauty rituals through ancient holistic alternatives to health and beauty. You've probably seen her videos of facial reflexology all over Instagram, all over TikTok. That's how I originally found her. And I actually started incorporating some of her tools that she provides online for free and so you've probably seen her work at some point and if not i am so excited for you to get to know her so thank you for being on the podcast oh my god thank you natalie so so much it's truly an honor thank you for reaching out and incorporating these beautiful ancient practices into your rituals Absolutely. And I'm so excited to dive into that. And before we do, seeing that we are in collaboration with Latinas Who Meditate, what are your raices? What are your roots? So I was born in Barranquilla, Colombia. And I also have some Spaniard roots and some uh, Italian roots. So yeah, I'm a little bit of a mutt. <laughs> that is so fun. I love that. Wow, Colombia, I've heard, is so beautiful. I, I can't wait to visit. And I would love to learn about your journey in holistic beauty and well-being. Where did it begin? Where did you kind of start? And I'm sure it eventually shifted in what you do today. But what were the origins of your journey in holistic beauty and wellness? Yeah, it all started in my home. My mother was a big influence. She was my first influencer of natural holistic beauty. She would always massage her face with these weird facial exercises. And I would make fun of her for these things and mock her. And she would teach me how to make my own body scrubs and face scrubs and coffee scrubs and how to cut my own nails and do my own manicure, how to cut my own hair, how to make my own hair masks. Like it's very... In Colombian culture, we women really take care of ourselves. So self-care was really planted in my daily life for since I could remember. And so it just came very natural for me to make my own at home, like conjunctions and products. And I went into the skincare industry when I was struggling with just a lot of acne and skin imbalances. And I was trying to find the answers because nobody in my family had acne. I was like the black sheep. But at the same time, I also wanted to help women like feel their best. That was another big drive for me to do what I'm doing now. And so I went into the skincare world, became an esthetician. But my skin got even worse, like going to school and learning how to take care of someone's skin. It's supposed to help my skin. It actually made my acne worse. And I started in studying ingredients and certain ingredients were causing a lot of sensitivity to my skin, irritation, inflammation, just like it was too much. And I'm like, okay, so if this is too much, then my skin needs less, more gentle, organic. And then I started searching into holistic, organic skincare. And then I ran into the book about aromatherapy. And I just really dove deep into the holistics of care, right? And it did help a lot. So I started making my own products and I had my social media at the time and I would share these like recipes and ingredients and what each one would do and what are the benefits. And unconsciously, I was like becoming a little self-taught chemist. <laughs> and so 
yeah, just making my own stuff. And people were like, why don't you sell some of this stuff? And I was like, hmm, maybe I should. And so that's how it all started. It started with selling coffee scrubs and the body butters and bug repellents, all organic, all clean. At the time, it was very hard for me to find something that was like vegan, sustainable, organic, clean, minimal, not really tailored to smell good, but actually be like skin food. Mm. And that's safe for the whole family. That's actually going to cause a positive effect on the skin. Like it's actually going to heal the skin. And so I started also getting into the world of meditation and spirituality and being intentional with what I do and how I do it. And so everything that I used to make, it was with a lot of intention, like really wanting to help others and their skin. And I would do it with so much love, with handmade with love. Literally, I would make these things with love because I know the struggle of having skin imbalances and Nobody in my family had it. So I was the only one searching for answers, right? For people who had similar conditions to mine. And then my daughter too has sensitive skin. And so I just started making stuff for her. And I'm like, what else can I help with? Right. It was just, it became a service for me. It's like, how can I help? And I just kept studying ingredients, studying, 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 studying. And I started making products that were really helping people and helping with their eczema, helping with their acne. And I think more important, it's just like when you do something with love, right? People can feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And yeah, and then it just went down that route of holistic skincare. But then I kept battling with this acne. Like I kept battling with it and battling with it. It was better and then it would get worse, better and worse, better and worse. And it kept me searching for truth. Okay, where is this truly stemming from? I think I got to like one layer and then there's like layers to it, like the healing journey is. (laughs) And so really acne has been my teacher because it's just taught me to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And then I discovered I was experiencing a lot of discomfort in my body, this ease in my body. And that has really promoted the healing, like on my body. I did gouache on my body, cupping on my body, acupuncture on my body, right? And I'm like, okay, if it can promote healing in the body, what else can it do on the face, right? So I was immediately drawn to gua sha and facial reflexology. It was just like a marriage of the two because I was already so passionate about organic skincare and holistic skincare. And I loved the traditional Chinese medicine. So it was like a marriage really that just came together and it's been a beautiful journey. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 I find it so powerful that this is something that you carry in your lineage. When you said your first beauty influencer was your mother and how she took care of herself and the face exercises she would do, that is medicine that's been passed down from your ancestors. You learned it from your mother. Maybe she learned it from hers, so on and so forth. And for you to be at this juncture within your dharma, having to navigate the acne and then learning about and incorporating the traditional Chinese medicine systems. It it gives me chills because it's just like I can visualize all of the women within your ancestry lineage just like being so happy that you're sharing this because it's the codes that you carry within your lineage. That's so potent. And I love that you went into the realm of traditional Chinese medicine. And I think your work is so fascinating for me personally and for so many people. And I think it resonates with so many people because 
What I love about your work is that you empower us to use our own hands and our own bodies to transform. It's like, yes, we can go work with a practitioner. We can go, you know, for acupuncture, work with an acupuncturist, licensed therapist or esthetician. And we have the ability to also work on ourselves using our hands, using facial exercises, using the tools. And so I love that you empower people. And I think that's why your work resonates with so many. And for those listening who maybe aren't familiar, can you share more about facial reflexology and gua sha and facial massage and why it has the impacts that it has on the body and how it can help us both from the external layer, right, visibly on the face, but also internally how it can impact our systems? Yeah, and and that's why the results are so powerful and impactful. When you see these like before and after pictures of gua sha, which are my highlights, results. And also, you, it's all over TikTok. It became a very big trend because it works so quickly. And imagine when I started studying facial gua sha, it was not a trend. It was very, very few people were speaking about it. I was actually mocked about it in my workspace at the time because I was working for a more like med spa where they were doing Botox and fillers. And I was like the opposite. I was like, let's try something organic and natural. Because I saw it was just like women would come to me. I was doing facials, I don't know how many facials per day and for years, 15 years. And women kept coming with the same issues of like acne and rosacea and inflammation and whatnot and melasma. And it was like there was something deeper happening. And I just knew from my own experience because I went on this whole journey myself, right? Like I can't show you the way if I haven't been through the way, right? Like the only way through is actually going through it and feeling it. And so I had to go through this journey. Let's say so many people are, could see, even if you are someone who's dealing with acne right now and or is dealing with rosacea, is dealing with eczema, psoriasis, know like this is a journey you're going through because you're going to help others. You're going to find something unique that's going to be of service for your community. So don't look at it as like a disadvantage. Actually, it's an advantage because now you have a foundation now. I know what it feels like, right? I can empathize and I know what maybe you need to look at it from this perspective. Yeah, right? absolutely. So I just moved for solutions and I saw that, okay, the creams are not working. The peels are not working. This is not working. This is not working. And for myself as well, right? So I just kept digging deeper and I'm like, okay, this is like on a soul level. There's something happening to the soul. And are we taking care of the soul that's attached to the skin? And that's what was missing in the beauty industry for me in the skincare rooms for me. We weren't taking care of the soul aspect of these women. We were only taking care of a very superficial layer and we were only getting superficial results. Wow. So it wasn't until I started doing the deeper work, connecting it with facial reflexology. So facial reflexology was another beautiful medicine, like truly medicine, because again, I gravitated towards it at the time. Like I just fully, like my whole body is like, I need to study this. And in the journey of studying that, I was experiencing breast tenderness and soreness, pain, excruciatingly painful. My breasts grew from like a small B or not small B, like a small C to a double D. For six months, I couldn't hug anyone. It was bad. And at the time, my teacher said, work on the female reproductive system because the breasts are intimately linked. They're connected. And so I did. And in that journey, it's really, it was really more of a self-discovery journey with facial flexology for me. It was my medicine. And so... I worked on the female reproductive system for 21 days and within two weeks, the pain was gone. Within the 21 day protocol, 
the breasts went back to their normal size. No medication needed. Wow. And it was all through gua sha and facial reflexology? Just reflexology. Wow. Just reflexology. Like I only did that and focused on that. And it was like a 21 day of a transformational journey for me because my life changed after that. <laughs> wow. It was, that's when Wild Lily Organics really blossomed. That's where my work like shifted because it had to show me that the layer was so much deeper than that. And it all began in my womb space. Mm-hmm. And so many of us really aren't taught how to take care of our wombs, how to connect with our womb, connect with this feminine energy, our femininity, right? The breast is a big symbol of that. Yes, absolutely. Right? Femininity, symbolized fertility, symbolized sensuality. So if you have any blockages around your breasts, right, hormonal imbalances, mm-hmm. there is an imbalance in your femininity. So I just really started to take care of my womb, take care of my sensuality of being a woman, really, mm-hmm. and what it means to be a woman. And on a spiritual level, mystical level, physical level, emotional level, psychological level, we are a whole different creature. And so the self-care just deepened for me and deepened. And so these self-care rituals, self-love rituals were really a sacred time for me. I really took it as a sacred ceremony of honoring myself, honoring the goddess within. Like, how would you show up if you knew there was a goddess inside of you? How would you dress her? How would you speak to her? How would you touch her? And in that awareness, really just, I started to really be careful with the words that I would say, the, the things that I would say to myself, the way that I would touch my face. Yeah. And I guess, is that where your sacred beauty rituals really stemmed from, right? Treating these rituals that, to your point, can sometimes be viewed as like superficial because we're only treating the body at a superficial level. We're only concerned about the image that we see on the mirror, what we perceive. And like, when we deepen that, there is so much sacredness to beauty rituals. Beauty is such a word that I think he posted recently a video that Ariana Grande posted about her journey with accepting and and embracing her beauty, letting go of the Botox. And not to say that there's anything wrong with it. It's to say that you don't need it to feel beautiful. If you would like to get it to enhance beautiful, but without it, it's like, how can you honor the goddess within and embrace the innate beauty that is within you? And so is that kind of how your sacred beauty rituals came to be? Yes. Mm. That's really where they started. They started before a little bit. It was just like separate from like my meditation was separate, right? Everything I just had separate. Okay, meditation is here. Beauty is here. And I just separated. And it was like, again, just looking into the skincare rooms and noticing that soul care aspect was missing. I was like, it was like an epiphany for me. It was like an aha moment for me. Oh, this is what we also need to include into our beauty routines, beauty mm-hmm. rituals, the soul aspect, right? And then that's where reflexology really showed me. And so with facial reflexology, what it technically does, it's an ancient Vietnamese and Chinese medicine. It's a combination of both. And it's over 5,000 years. It really started after the Vietnam War. And this doctor, Boy Chok, I can't remember if I pronounce his name correctly, 
But he came across or started facial reflexology because of the limited amount of needles that there were after the war, amount of people, doctors. And so he started using certain acupressure points in combination with the Vietnamese facial reflexology concept to press on certain points and stimulate certain points. Because the Vietnamese facial reflexology is more of like a rubbing, like they rub their faces or tap their faces. And with acupuncture, it's more of a pressure or acupuncture is more of a needle going to specific points, right? So he combined the two and started working on certain zones or points by stimulating with something round and like a rounded blunt tip, like mm-hmm. anything like this. So it can be something like this or anything similar to this. And he would start to massage or stimulate those points. And he started seeing a reaction in the body, a trigger of homeostasis, a trigger of balance, healing. Mm-hmm. And he just helped millions of people with this medicine. And his biggest concept was that is like giving the power to the people so that they're not dependent on anyone. And they realize like you can become your own healer. Mm. You have the power in your own hands. And when I heard that, it was like in my brain, I was like, I'm going head into this practice because that's what it's about. Wow. And that tool that you're holding for those watching the video, that is just, yeah, tell us about that tool. So this is the magic wand, also known as spatial reflexology tool, and it's made of medical grade stainless steel. And I designed this specific size of the tip to make it comfortable for those who to use it at home, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like professional tools and there's so many tools right now on Amazon and now it's like everywhere. But at the time I couldn't find the size that I really needed and wanted that would be comfortable for someone. Because if I'm a professional, I know the pressure that I need to use. I understand like how it feels and whatnot. So if it's too small, you can hurt yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's too big, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to detect the point. So you maybe tug the skin. So I was just finding the right size like, because I was doing this on myself so much that I was like, okay, this is the perfect size. Something that's going to be comfortable and sensitive enough or gentle enough for those who have really sensitive skin like mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in Chinese medicine, metal is yang energy which is calming so it helps to calm the nervous system the main goal of facial reflexology right is to promote homeostasis to relax and promote that homeostasis like relaxation that parasympathetic state where our bodies can heal rest and digest that is only where our bodies can truly heal Mm. and we're always fight or flight our bodies can't relax and just rest and digest right right so the way that we can promote that relaxation that homeostasis that balance that Right, where we can just drop in, be present. So it's like a practice of presence, a practice of self-love. It's a practice of connecting with your body. It's a self-discovery practice because you're discovering your own natural ability to heal your own body and what you can do by promoting that homeostasis, by promoting that parasympathetic state and healing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We'll tag the tool in the show notes for those who want to check it out. And what are some of your favorite points right now that you're, you find yourself working with a lot? Oh, my God. So right now we're still in the fire season or fire element in according to the five element theory of Chinese medicine. So there's five elements and they're connected to a season. They're connected to an energy and arch- it's like they have a certain archetype. They have a certain elements, a certain characteristics, a certain personality traits. So, you know, for me, I'm like a water type in the five element theory. Somebody can be a fire type, somebody can be earth or metal. And we move through the different seasons and there's each one has a, a specific relationship to the other. 
So it's about the relationships that we have within ourselves, within our bodies, within the systems, right? And the whole point is to create homeostasis in all the systems because they all depend on each other. And so right now we're in the summer season, which is associated with the fire elements. And so right now the heart and small intestine are the most like active organs right now. This is like a perfect time of the year. I know it's already ending, but it's like the perfect time to really like tend to those organs and take care of those organs of the heart and the small intestine. Mm -hmm. And I have a workshop inside my membership on how to balance the fire element. So that's like what I'm really focusing on right now in this season, because I know that's what needs the most support, right? Beautiful. Like a great point, for example, for the heart is like right between the eyes. So this is a point for the heart right here, point eight. So anything dealing with heart issues, palpitations, anxiety, poor blood circulation, this can help with improving the skin complexion because if you have healthy blood flow, mm. that's going to keep those rosy cheeks. It's going to really oxygenate the skin, right? Blood is rich. And another point for the small intestine is right here. And that's like so just, right between the bottom lip and the chin. Yeah, so right between the bottom lip and the chin, right in the middle of that, like where it begins to crease your chin, right before your lip, that area right there. Yes. And so you can just stimulate that very lightly, very gently with not, you're not using pressure. This is not acupressure. It's very different. It's facial reflexology. So we're only lightly stimulating with a very light pressure. You can use your thumb or anything with a rounded blunt tip. Mm, lovely. You use the, your thumb. Okay. Yeah. So those are the two points that I'm really loving right now. And then always like right here as well, which is like a head point. Yeah. I feel like I always see you doing that one on your stories. Yeah. You're like this talking is a and just do, going about your life doing that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's a head point. It just has so many benefits like memory, headaches, concentration, brain fog. Yeah. So it's just a great point. So for me, it's okay, let me calm down. If I'm stressed, if I need concentration, I need to focus on something, I'll just do that and it clears my mind. Wow. So cool. Yeah. I, I'm curious about your workshop that you offer. I feel like there must be so much benefit in just understanding what element we're in every season so that we can align ourselves and support ourselves during that time. Yeah, because just like how we go through seasons in nature, mm -hmm. right? There's a time to be active and, and put ourselves out there and being in the movement because the fire element is all about like movement transformation. So it's a time to really be active and moving our bodies, right? A lot of outdoor activities, a lot of just festivals and parties and get togethers, right? Birthdays and whatnot, <laughs> pool parties, whatever it is that you're into, but there's just a lot of things happening. So it's like the same way that we go through those seasons in nature, it also affects us and affects certain organs, it affects us on a physical, emotional, mental, spiritual level. Mm. And so as we're leaning into like now, like the earth element is late summer and then there's fall, which is the metal element. And then there's winter, which is the water element, which is where we go into hibernation, right? So every season, we also need to prepare ourselves and take care of ourselves depending on the season of nature or what's happening. And so it's it's just a beautiful, deep self-discovery, self-awareness, self-wisdom. It's like self-knowledge really of getting to know your body and like how it moves and how it flows and taking care of that and mm -hmm. going with the flow. 
that's why I'm calling it the five element flow series mm-hmm. where we're going to go started um, winter of last year. And we're moving through all the elements throughout the year Beautiful. and learning about one individually and how it shows up when it's imbalanced, out of balance in your face in your body, emotionally, energetically, how to promote more healing with different practices and rituals and foods and the time of the day when it's the most active, when it's the time to really connect with these organs and when to like best utilize them. For example, like the heart and small intestine, I think it's from like 12 to three. I can't remember or 12 to one, no, 11 to one. That is like the most active, right? So that's when you are meant to like either be taking your like intake of food and then resting. While intestine processes everything and kind of separates what's impure from pure. But then it's also you have to think about like where else in my life do I need to discern, right? What's impure and unpure, what's toxic, what's not toxic, emotionally, energetically, mentally. Wow. So we go deep, we dive deep into these workshops. I love that. And it just goes back to what you said earlier, what we talked about earlier. It's like giving empowerment to people to know that they can navigate their lives with the tools that they need to support themselves, healthcare, well-being. It's something that can be done at home with ourselves, right? And calling in the support when severe situations happen, of course, but it's also the preventative portion all that we need are tools, information, and education and resources. And so it's so beautiful that you're giving people this ancient wisdom and knowledge that you've been a steward of in this lifetime to help them realize that they are their own healers. I love that. And I want to talk about the divine feminine because I think that the divine feminine can mean so much to different people, different schools of thought. I want to ask you what the wild divine feminine means to you. Oh, man. (laughs) Divine feminine. I discovered her when I read the book, Women Who Run With the Wolf. And it was his journey after leaving domestic abuse and finding myself again. And it, it was a wild journey, right? It was a wild journey of being rebellious, of all the limiting beliefs, all the old patterns that were really holding me back from expressing all of who I am, which is this wild woman, this wild feminine, which is uncontrollable, untamable, unshakable, right? Unbreakable. (laughs) And yeah, it was just like getting to know myself again and discovering myself again, loving myself again. It was a deep journey, deep healing journey. And again, why I had to go through that, right? to find myself again, lose myself completely, completely. I mean, I couldn't recognize myself in the mirror. And I look back at those pictures, I still cry because I'm just like, I was so broken. I was so lost and yeah, unrecognizable. And so I started bringing those pieces back together. And the book really helped me because there was a beautiful story about, I forgot the name, but it was about a woman who would collect the bones of wolves. (laughs) <laughs> she would collect them piece by piece. So she would go to the depths to find them, to resurrect and bring back to life, right? Resurrect the dead, like literally. <laughs> and for me, that's how I felt. I felt like I was going on that journey of resurrecting myself, mm. collecting back all the pieces that I had lost and 
once I found the last piece, which was for me, like connecting back to my womb, mm. connecting back to femininity in a sacred way, I was reborn, really like reborn. And I was not ashamed anymore of being a woman and being sensual and being wild and chaotic and messy and sensitive and emotional and and ha I have rage, I have anger, I have happiness, I have joy, I have eroticism, I have arrows, I have all these parts of me that exist within me and I want to honor all of them. Wow. I just got full chills as you said that and I also forget her name but this woman would, yeah, she'd go out into the desert and find the bones, bring them back, and she would sing them back to life. She would yes. piece them together and she would sing them back to life. And the wolf would resurrect and run into the horizon. And the closer that it got to the horizon, the wolf would transform into a wild laughing woman. Oh, I yes. would cry. Oh. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah. I'm like super emotional. It's such a powerful story. I think so many women go through experiences. And thank you for sharing your story and being vulnerable and being open because I think so many women go through experiences that perhaps they feel so dismembered and destroyed that they can't possibly see a way for them to be pieced back together. And it's just like the phoenix rising from the ashes. And to anyone listening who's going through anything where they feel like they've lost themselves, it's trust, trust and, and get the support because what's the woman, the version of you that's on the other side that is able to survive and thrive after this is, pardon my French, an unfuckable with energy. Yes. Oof. Oof. Oh, you can't be manipulated. You can't be sold. You can't be. It's an inner strength, inner power, and it would just lead you to wherever it needs to lead you. It's like there's no path that's the same. Every path is so unique and special and individual that everybody's journey looks so unique. And that's the beauty of it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, if, if you are listening, like you are in that space where you feel broken, you feel lost, you can't recognize yourself in the mirror, I'm telling you, if you put yourself first, you look yourself in the mirror and you keep showing up every single day, keep looking for those bones, <laughs> keep looking for yourself, you will find her <laughs> to stay consistent, stay committed. Stay on the path and stay close to your path. Mm. Stay close with your path, with the women who will support you and root for you and fan your flames. Stay close to those people. And that's why I created the Wild Sacred Woman membership. It was like I was doing all these one-on-ones and I'm like, I don't have this tribe. I don't have anybody else that is into this or that understands my approach now to beauty and holistic beauty rituals and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, I need to create a space where they can always come to, to be reminded and feel held and feel supported by me and other women. Absolutely. Wow. We are pack creatures or social creatures and 
dis-ease breeds in isolation. And I think after what we just came out of as a collective, being so isolated, especially if you're navigating hardships, leaning into community and those who will hold you, and like you said, fan your flames, is the salve for so much suffering that's happening right now. Oh, yeah. And I, I have the book here with me. This is like my Bible. Yeah. I oh, that's <laughs> It's, she's called La Loba, the woman who collects the bones. La Loba. She was the wolf woman, like the wolverine, but a woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If the, the book is, it can be treated like an oracle. You can just open up to a story yeah. and it's so dense. And so if you get the book and you're like, I'm overwhelmed by the density of this, take it at your own time and trust that the way that the transmission is coming to you and the timing that it is exactly how it's meant to. Because it took me like two years to get through that book. Yeah, say I'm still getting through it. I don't think I've fully gotten through it. I say that because I've read it so many times and each time that I read it, I always discover something new because we're changing creatures and we're always evolving and always expanding. So the awareness that I had four years ago, five years ago, is not the same one that I have now. So I read something now and it has so much more depth, so much more meaning. And so that's why I'm like, feel like I'll never stop reading it. I think I'll never finish it. <laughs> it's one of those for sure. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I'm curious because I know that your work so deeply connects with ancient women's traditions and I think that the place at which our society is now and beauty standards doesn't quite support the wild divine feminine. It doesn't support our blueprint as human beings who are designed to change. Like you said, we, we change and we age. And I have two questions and we can take whichever direction spirit guides you towards because I want to a touch on the topic of beauty standards today and the impact that has on aging gracefully and how these practices can support that amidst the beauty standards that are today and also ancient women's traditions and how they would approach beauty and care and aging and so I'm offering to you this mini buffet for you to to run with whatever speaks to you in this moment. <laughs> what first comes to mind when you talk about beauty standards and ancient women's traditions and what's missing in today's beauty industry, right? About accepting a woman, right? And all that she is. I think we're painting women to be these Barbie dolls. That's why the movie Barbie became so famous, famous because we are always trying to be perfect. We're always trying to be one mold, one face. I'm always done up. I'm always perfect and put together. I have to have my brows done. I have to have the mascara. I have to have my hair done. I have to have the outfit. I have to have the shoes. I have to have my nails. I have to have the jewelry. I have to all these things to be beautiful and be a woman. And what sacred women traditions or ancient women's traditions has taught me is that a woman has many different phases. Just like the moon goes through its phases, goes through the darkest phase of the new moon, 
and it goes through the brightest phase of the full moon. So the same way that we go through or the moon goes through these cycles, we also go through these cycles and ebbs and flows. And each one is beautiful. Each one is powerful. Each one has its own value. Not one is better than the other. The dark moon or the new moon, it's not better than the full moon. And the full moon is not better than the new moon. We need both. We need moments of descending, of going deep into the subconscious, deep into our bodies or our world and our emotions. And then there's moments where we are like social butterflies and we're out there like the full moon and expressing all of our beauty and gifts and talents and want to show our face to the world. Like right? the full moon is showing her full face. And there's moments where I also want to cry. I want to be emotional. I want to scream. You want to punch some pillows or punch some faces, but we're going to do the pillows or throw some plates. I'm just saying we have all of these parts of being a woman and we're only showing one in the beauty industry. And that to me is not being a beautiful woman. A beautiful woman for me is even when she cries. To me, she's beautiful. When she gets angry and stands up for herself, that's beautiful. When she's vulnerable and expresses her truth, that's beautiful. When she expresses her talents, her gifts, and shares them and offers them as a service, that's beautiful. When she's sensual and sexy and erotic and feeling herself, right? That's also beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's no shame with that either. But God forbid you're too sexy, right? God forbid you're too emotional. So for me, that's where the, the beauty standard Women, ancient women's traditions, and we're just not being represented as women in the beauty industry, truly represented, like what it is to be a woman. Mm, That visual, that parallel with the moon of we're only being shown one face of being a woman. I imagine it to be maybe our ovulation phase. That's the phase that represents a woman, vivacious, alive, sexy, social, happy, charismatic. And then what about the rest of the phases that we live in, the other 75% of our lives? Wow. Luteal phase, mm-hmm. our ovulation, follicular. Wow. It's like the menstrual. Moon. It's like we only like... In the beauty standard, women only have a full moon all the time. The moon is only meant to be full. (laughs) You're not allowed to be anything else. Only full moon. Only full moon. (laughs) And then we don't get to see the stars in the sky during the new moon because we only see the brightness of the full. Oh, I love that visual. Thank you for that beautiful transmission. I think that's so true. It's what's missing in the beauty industry is the full is the full dynamic of what a woman is as she changes in her cycles every single month for her entire life. Her whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really are unique creatures and we are more lunar, right? We, we follow the lunar rhythms, mm-hmm. not the solar rhythm. Mm-hmm. Men are more solar. Yeah. They are solar. Women are not. We just have to take care of ourselves a little bit different and honor ourselves a little bit differently and show grace for ourselves a different differently and maybe more frequently because we get our menstrual cycle every single month or period every single month. So that's why I started the Red Tents, which is an ancient women's tradition where women would gather during the new moon, the darkest phase of the moon, 
And this is when naturally women just are the most triggered, the most sensitive. We are affected by the moon. Yeah. It affects the water, right? And our bodies are made of, depending on which organ could be from 40 to 90% water, right? It, it really can affect us. And so when we have this understanding of like, when is it a time to rest? When is it a time to be active and be social and whatnot and work? And then when is the time to really honor this rest? And I don't think in our society, we are giving women the permission to rest, right? We always have to put on this show and always having the crown and be the queens and be the goddesses. And I'm all for that, but there's a time and ebb and flow of that. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's yeah. even self-inflicted because we're so programmed by society. It's not like anyone's not allowing us to rest. It's that we don't allow ourselves to rest. I think the liberation so often we blame outside influences. And yes, there are certainly are outside influences that make it challenging for us to truly follow our true nature. And I think the self-liberation begins with shifting our own paradigm first and foremost and unlearning to then relearn, to rewild. And yeah, I would also be so curious about post-menopause, how that impacts, and that's a conversation for a different time. But thank you so much for your wisdom today. And I know that people are going to be so excited to connect with you, to learn from you. So how can people dive deeper with you if they feel called? Yeah, thank you for having me and having this kind of space where we get to share this type of information and discuss these important topics. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important for women to have these conversations. So thank you for having it with me. And if you want to dive deeper, I have an online membership called Wild Sacred Woman. And that's all available on my Instagram page. The link is in my bio, Wild Organics. My website is wildlilyorganics.com. And yeah, you can just dive deep into my Instagram and you can see everything there. And I constantly sharing stories and in hopes to motivate women to take more self-care, like take better care of themselves on an emotional, physical, spiritual level, not just the physical, because we are multidimensional beings and self-care can look very different at very different times of the month yeah. and the year. Mm -hmm. And yeah. That's my mission. My goal is to really help women reconnect with themselves, remember who they are, remember their wild, sacred woman that lives within them, and to honor the goddess that lives within them as well. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Aho, sister, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to learning more from you. Truly, it's been such an honor. I'm so grateful to have had you on, and uh, I'll see you soon. See you soon.